This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. It's 9 o'clock on a Monday morning, and that means one thing. It's time to talk about Deep South Dining. We are glad you are tuned in. Welcome, Carol. How are you this morning? Hey, Mal. I'm doing just great. How about yourself? Lovely, lovely, lovely. Java, how you hanging? If you can tell by the speed of my hitting the microphone, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> and we're glad you're here. Well, Carol, how was your week and weekend? What'd you cook? What you cooking? And how's everything going? Well, everything's going great, uh, especially in the in the kitchen. You know, spring is here, and the farmers markets are starting up. And I thought of you the other night. I made some, had some pole beans. Oh, love a yeah. good pole bean. I know. From uh, they they had them at at Doris Berry's farmers market, and yeah, I didn't want to like cook them to death with fat back and bacon and everything. So I blanched them and then sauteed them mm. just with, you know, garlic and a little olive oil. And they were delicious. I know that sounds yeah, simple, but they were crunchy and good. And John really liked them. So they and were pole beans, <clears throat> pole beans al dente. Yep. <laughs> That's what I, we can call them, pole beans al dente. <laughs> then I did, I did some little squash uh, circle, squash rounds, you know, uh, brushed them with olive oil and then put a little mixture of Parmesan cheese and paprika on top and popped them in the oven for about 12 minutes. And I'm off to spring and summer. Excellent. And well, we had a, well, we got the grill out last night uh, and I grilled pork tenderloins that Kara had marinated in a fig preserve and, and other things. There was some hotness. There was some red pepper in there and some garlic, but the, the fig preserve really was the dominant flavor. And so they were marinated in the figs and then moved onto the grill and cooked in the fig juice. And they came out really, really nicely. We also had squash. We sauteed uh, different types of squash with red onions and that was delicious. And then we had some fantastic uh, whipped mashed potatoes with lots of cheese and butter and such. But Kara also baked uh, two uh, blueberry cakes last night, you know, the, the, the old cold oven cake routine. And so we had blueberry cake and ice cream for dessert. Well, you did not post those on Cooking and Coping, uh, our Facebook site, because I looked this morning to see what Kara had been doing. And I, I have to say, Malcolm, I felt so lucky last week when we talked mm -hmm. about the um, apple and pear galette mm. on the radio show. And about 30 minutes later, Meals on Wheels shows up at my house. <laughs> <laughs> and I got a big old piece of it, and it was delicious. That mm -hmm. woman knows mm -hmm. how to make a crust. 
Yes, that's right. That's right. That was fine. And also this weekend, uh, it was Kara's birthday on Friday. So uh, um, Saturday, I'm sorry. So we went out to Cape uh, out in Ridgeland uh, at, at Renaissance and we had a fantastic meal. Uh, we, I started with a selection of raw oysters, which, you know, they really featured. I got Alabama Gulf Coast oysters and I got Prince Philip Island Canadian oysters and and they were so different and so delicious but that was such a great way to start the meal and then you know later in the show we're going to talk a lot about vegetarian meals and vegan meals they have an appetizer out there at Kate and I hope I'm pronouncing it correctly it is a cauliflower saganaki did I get that right Carol yeah um that's it's a delicious dish there i haven't had it in a while but that that's one of my favorites and they put the tomatoes on top of it yeah they they grill burst tomatoes correcto they they grill the cauliflower and then it is also under on top of the cauliflower is a a big old slice of roasted i think goat cheese then the whole thing is topped with those cherry tomatoes garlic onions and, and it's just fantastic well it's interesting that that you mentioned saganaki because it is literally one of the food experiences that got me into this food world when i was 21 years old and working in illinois and had my first experience at one of the chicago greek restaurants where they did a flaming saganaki but it is it's a traditional greek dish and the term actually means a lot of different appetizers not just one they're appetizers in greece that you cook in a very small skillet you know, people in the U.S. use, um, you know, cast iron works mm-hmm. great, but it's most known at, for fried cheese. And in the U.S., when people say saganaki, they're pretty much talking about it's a crunchy fried cheese, very melted in the middle. And sometimes when you go to a Greek restaurant, it's flamed. So uh, um, excellent. Well, this was a it, this is a fantastic dish uh, at Kate, and you know, like many uh, a restaurants, you can go in and have an all vegetarian meal. Vegan is a little different; it's a little more detailed, and uh, we'll talk more about that later. But before we talk about vegan food and being vegetarian, let's talk about meat. Uh, as I said, I had uh, pork tenderloin over the weekend. Uh, on the Barbie, and I understand that, uh, Java, you went south and had some ribs down in Ocean Springs. Well, I wish I would have got the ribs um, when when we were doing the Felder on the Road um, this past weekend on the coast. We stopped in Ocean Springs at the world-famous Shed, and I don't know if you guys have ever been to this place, but it is one of the funkiest-looking restaurants that you will ever see. It it's not a slight when I say this, but it looks like somebody went dumpster diving and put some chairs and tables out and said, hey, we're going to have a restaurant. <laughs> I mean, it was everything from uh, bits of old signs to uh, license plates and uh, uh, shells of cars. But it, it 
it went with the ambiance of the sh- of the uh, restaurant. But I was I was able to get the um, the grilled chicken, uh, which I wish they would have put a little bit of more barbecue sauce on it. But it was it was good, and um, the macaroni and cheese, which you know you kind of take a gamble when you go to different places and order something like macaroni and cheese. But it was pretty good. It was pretty good. So my experience with the shed, first time being there in Ocean Springs, was a was a good one. I can see how they are. Um, you know, kind of on the map for their barbecue. Yeah. Well, talking about mac and cheese, um, I was thinking this morning about last week's entries and cooking and coping and what I had gotten from that and my impression of the week. And my impression of the week was crawfish. Seemed like everybody on the site was uh, doing crawfish. But one of the crawfish dishes that really caught my attention was smoked mac and cheese with crawfish. Whoa. And I, thought, Whoa. I thought of Java when I, when I saw that. So, I mean, that's how, that was pretty wild. But people are doing, uh, somebody did crawfish and okra hush puppies, mm. uh, crawfish fettuccine, crawfish cheesecakes. But Java, smoked mac and cheese with crawfish. Now where's where's Meals on Wheels with that one? Yeah. <laughs> if you're listening and you make this dish, Java would be delighted to be a taster. Yes, and I believe that's that's made from someone in our community. I I, I believe it was Janet Wagner. So uh, Java, we'll try to get a Meals on Wheels delivery for you. And speaking of barbecue, next week on our show, we're really excited to have a guest who's been on before, Adrian Miller. And Carol, he's got a brand new book. We've been talking about it for a while. It's finally arriving. Yeah, we've been talking about it for a year. Last time we talked to Adrian was last April, and he he had just finished it and was looking for a publisher. And it is big news in the publishing world. It has been reviewed and written up and just came out last week. And I would urge anyone who wants to get this book to go ahead. It's called uh, Black Smoke, and it's the story of African-Americans in barbecue. You know, get your book, read it, and be ready to call Adrian with questions. He, he is a, a lawyer, a scholar and has really become one of the foremost voices for African-American food in the country. Yes, and uh, we look forward to getting our hands on the new book. I think we're both going to get a copy today, and then we'll have him on next week. So that'd be great. But today, as much as I love talking about barbecue and ribs and pork, we're going to sort of hone in on and talk about vegetarianism uh, and veganism. Carol? And, and this is something that we touch on every now and then. we talk about Meatless Monday. And since our show is on Monday, it's, it's often a topic that's brought up. But it's a fascinating realm. Yes, indeed. And it's becoming more and more popular uh, every year. Yeah, the it, veganism in the U.S. is growing tremendously, uh, as is vegetarianism. And you know, there's certainly a difference in the in the two and you know a vegetarian is the practice of abstaining from the consumption of meat but vegan takes it a step farther 
and it is devoid of all animal products, including meat, eggs, and dairy. And yeah, there is a vegan diet, but then there's also a vegan lifestyle. And uh, that excludes animal products from things like, you know, clothes, cosmetics, right. anywhere you would use uh, an animal product. But in, in restaurants, you're seeing more dishes marked vegan and vegetarian. And it, it's a, a growing movement. Well, in 1971, I took a year uh, of, of veganism, I mean, uh, vegetarianism, but it was a disaster because there really weren't many alternatives uh, for someone who's going meatless in 1971. And I honestly did not know a lot about protein substitution mm -hmm. or, or what products to use. Like, for example, I would pull up to the McDonald's and all my friends would order, you know, sandwiches and fries. I'd get a, a hamburger without the meat and order of fries. And so you can imagine uh, after a year of that, um, I had had about all I wanted and it really wasn't working for me. But today, man, the options are vast and, and, and amazing. Well, what I really like is, is the term that people are embracing now and I feel like describes my style of eating and that is being a flexitarian. Mm. And, you know, I eat, a lot of vegetarian food, like when I, I have my choice and when I'm somewhere that there are just a lot of uh, vegetarian options, I'm just attracted to that type of food. And, you know, it's not an all or nothing proposition. I mean, you can, you can go full vegan or full vegetarian, but what most people are doing is eliminating meat-based products from their diets and adding plant-based products. But then, you know, having a barbecued rib when you when you want to. But I really do like that term, flexitarian. I'm glad yeah. you brought that up, Carol, because that's a lot of things when people uh, want to talk about being vegan or vegetarian. Um, you know, you don't have to make these wholesale changes to your diet, but it's just um, putting more options out there because I, you know, know people who will have a sausage for breakfast, a burger for lunch, and then a steak for dinner. Like, you know, that's that's kind of hard to sustain day in and day out. Mm -hmm. But if you want to switch that burger for some mushrooms one day or, you know, some that sausage for some uh, satan one day, it's th those things, you know, can can help can help you out. Yeah, and there there are lots of reasons. I mean, there are you know moral and ethical reasons that people look to uh, about being both vegetarian and vegan. Yeah, you know, in terms of the environment, uh, you know, climate change, uh, it's better for the land. A lot of people are concerned with the antibiotics that are in meat, uh, but you know, most people, I think, are doing it for their health. Our bodies just don't like to eat you know, three meals a day. It's just a healthier, uh, healthier way of eating for our, uh, you know, for our guts, for, you know, for everything. And Malcolm, I wanted to comment on what you said about, of course, you're always ahead of the game being in 1971, being, uh, being vegetarian. But I have had difficulty with just what you're talking about, uh, during the pandemic, cooking three meals a day 
for John, who loves good food, you know, I would concentrate on what I was making for him and just things that I could talk about on cooking and coping. And then I would be, I would be, you know, running out of time. So I would grab whatever was vegetarian. And, you know, that was like, okay, I made mashed potatoes for him. I would eat mashed potatoes and asparagus. I mean, the carbohydrates were just, were just killing me. So I wasn't devoting time to my own meals. And you really have to think it through if you're, if you're going to, you know, live that lifestyle every day. Right. And, and in my experiment was, was just one of curiosity and, but this idea that I would eat a traditional Southern meal and just sands the meat was not a good strategy. Um, so, so anyway, today there are so many options, so many great strategies and so many ways to approach this, but we're going to take a break right now. When we come back, we'll talk about more about, uh, vegan and meatless meals, uh, how to swap your sausage for some tofu, or maybe instead of a burger, you'll have a mushroom uh, burger. So stay tuned and we will continue the conversation. Love to hear from you. If you're interested, give us a call. one 672 Or you can shoot us an email to food at mpbonline.org. Carol and Java and I will be right back. Hey, this is Larry Morrissey with the Mississippi Arts Commission. I'm one of the hosts of the Mississippi Arts Hour, the arts interview show on Think Radio. Each week, myself or one of my fellow hosts bring you in-depth interviews with different creative Mississippians. We talk with visual artists, musicians, writers, as well as people who help bring the arts to their communities. We hear about how each artist learned their craft and get some insight into their creative process. You can hear the Arts Hour every Sunday at 5 p.m. on Think Radio, or listen anytime by subscribing to the show through your favorite podcasting app. Good morning, welcome to Deep South Dining right here on MPB Think Radio. Carol Puckett, Malcolm White, DJ Java. We're here today to talk to you about food, what's going on in your kitchen, uh, in your pantry, and in your world, whether you're growing your own food or going shopping for it. We're talking about uh, vegetarianism and veganism uh, and how to uh, make a simple uh, maneuver of just having maybe meatless Monday or finding a few items that are meatless just to sort of spice up your own kitchen. So, Carol, what are you saying in terms of your kitchen and where you substitute and how you deal with that? Well, you know, first of, first of all, I like to use as many vegetables as, as possible. And, you know, I learned long ago in Chinese cooking that they use meat more as a condiment. You know, when you get a stir fry dish, it's, you know, three quarters vegetables or even more. And, you know, using meat as a condiment. So that's one way uh, I cut back on meat. I'm also a tofu lover. And so I do a lot of stir fries with tofu. Uh, you, you can look online and see different ways to do it, to crisp it. Lately, I've been doing uh, a technique with cornstarch that makes it really, really, really crispy. And for my lunches, 
I'm a big fan of veggie burgers. If you go to the store now, there are probably five or six veggie burger products. And also local restaurants have them on their menu. You know, Bravo has a great vegan burger and uh, as does Fine and Dandy. And absolutely delicious. The one in Fine, at Fine and Dandy has beets in it. Um, mm. Also, um, 463 has a great uh, okay. uh, veggie, veggie burger. But they have, you know, other uh, bean burgers. There are bean burritos. There's uh, a product. They're called pupusas, which is an El Salvadorian dish it's a little patty and there are pupusas with beans and i put a little yogurt instead of sour cream and salsa with them absolutely delicious and you know closer to home uh tony's tamales used to make a black bean tamale which was fantastic i I don't know if they still make it they do indeed i have some in my freezer right now well those things are outrageously good they're outrageously good now you know, we spoke of cauliflower in the in the first segment, but I think we need to sort of circle back because I don't, I didn't know about this, but cauliflower cooked on a grill and seasoned right is just like having a steak. It is both the texture of a steak uh, and the flavor of uh, that it that that the cauliflower takes on. It's a remarkable vegetable. And well, I wanted to say that cauliflower is the kale of 2021 i mean right. it is it is everywhere you can buy cauliflower flour right they now have pizza crust with cauliflower you can actually you know buy the frozen pizzas with cauliflower crust you can buy the cauliflower crust by itself or some restaurants in nukes is one that comes to my mind because i've had it there do a cauliflower crust pizza you can do cauliflower bread crumbs you can you can buy cauliflower rice it's everywhere <laughs> <laughs> yeah it is it's a very versatile vegetable and uh it is as you say it is the vegetable of the moment which is great you know we're learning great. uh you know as a culture as a society we're learning to embrace vegetables we used to think of in a singular way and now we're thinking of them in a multitude of ways and use i mean who would have ever growing up would have thought about putting a piece of cauliflower on the grill next to exactly a or steak and you know, talking about what you did last night, cutting it into a, a thick steak, and I'm sure you put some olive oil on it before putting it on the grill and season it. That is a perfect example of what we're talking about, of of adding more vegetarian items to you know, to our life. Have you seen the book Mississippi Vegan? Speaking of vegan and vegetarian. I have indeed, and I have it right here. Um, The guy that wrote it was actually a neighbor of yours, Malcolm, for a while. He lived across the street. Yeah, uh, uh, Timothy Packron, but it's a big, beautiful, nationally published book, and the photography is just stunning. But, you know, he grew up on the Mississippi Gulf Coast, and... um, has lived a vegan lifestyle for for quite a while 
and I have to say the 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 food is stunning. Uh, today I'm making he has shiitake mushroom bacon, mm. and I'm making that because a couple of years ago he cooked some food, you know, for me. I was having him you know do some meals, and it was just outstanding. So I was reading the book preparing for this this show and. As Jerry Clower would say, I had a craving flung on me. <laughs> <laughs> so, what are you going to cook from the book? It's the shiitake bacon. That's oh, what the I'm bacon. Make. I got yeah. you. I got you. I got you. Yeah, and the sesame roasted Brussels sprouts. Now, Timothy, as you say, lived across the street from me on uh, on. Uh, Gillespie Street here, but he, I think he's moved to New Orleans. Am I right? He's in New Orleans and he has really uh, promoted his photography career. Okay. And yeah, that's, that's one of the things that makes this book so stunning, the photographs. But I do believe that our producer extraordinaire, Java, is on the trail to get Mr. Timothy on the program. Is that right, Java? Yes, sir. We were trying to get Timothy to um, jump on today because he literally wrote the book, Mississippi Vegan, but he was traveling, um, um, and we're going to try to get him on at a, at a later date because we do want to pick his brain about being a Mississippi vegan. All right. Hey, Malcolm, when talking about being flexitarian, it reminds me of a friend of ours, Donna, that calls herself a queso pigatarian. <laughs> and a that queso is pigatarian. Okay. She, she wants to be a vegetarian except for cheese and bacon. Ah, well, but, I think we can make up our own rules if I'm not mistaken. Well, that's exactly what being a flexitarian is. And it, it's a better term than what she and I used to call ourselves, which is vegetarians on demand. Ah. Now we can, we can walk in a room and or on this particular occasion, we were on a ship or a boat in, in Egypt doing, doing some work. And you walk in the dining room and the smell of mutton was just overwhelming at mm. noon and the hundred degree heat. So yeah, Donna walks up to the maitre d' and says, we are, vegetarians and we po just possibly can't eat this mutton. So for the next week, we had these wonderful ratatouilles and casseroles. And we saw uh, pita bread hanging on the clothesline of the boat. And we asked for that. And they said, no, that's for the crew. And we said, well, we really need that as part of our diet. Oh, too. so you got the crew food. Yes. You know, when I was back in the day, when I was uh, <clears throat> first getting in the restaurant, well, actually, when I first came to Jackson, I worked in a, a place called Oliver's and we had this fabulous chef. But he always cooked ratatouille as a side dish and put it on, you know, multitude uh, like steak dishes, seafood dishes. And he always had a side of ratatouille. And what a wonderful way to use local vegetables and to quickly stir up and saute a, a nice blend of, 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 of mixed vegetables to serve. And I like it as a main dish. Um, you, know, you can even put in individual casserole dishes and pop it in the oven and heat it and serve individually on, on plates too. So that's a good way to do it. All right, we got a caller from Mobile. Is it Mikey? 
Yes, sir, it is. And um, this is my favorite of your shows so far, although I pretty much listen every week. <laughs> oh, that's so um, sweet. Thank you. Um, thank you. Um, like I said, this is the greatest, and I just hope that I can contribute a little bit here. Um, coming from a family of carnivores, uh, first of all, your stories are wonderful and have given me lots of great ideas to expand what I've already been doing. And I'm kind of in the same age range as um, you, right, Mr. White? <laughs> I believe that's very, right. Very young, very young. <laughs> it's young so at very heart. Young, yes, and still kicking. Um, but anyway, um, my comment, and hopefully this is helpful to some who have not run into it before. Uh, first of all, I'm not a vegetarian. Um, I think that there's a big conflict between people who have seen carnivores. I come from a carnivore family, and they saw vegetarianism as being high and mighty. That is mm. not, you know, you know, better than thou, more holy than thou. That is not, it ain't about that, you know? No. Um, and uh, anyway, so uh, what I did that, that kind of, helped to make everybody happy. It was an Easter dinner. I remember specifically because they were so they were going, Wow, this is fantastic, you know? Um, salmon uh, cooked simply. Um, but what I did that surprised them was just a simple microwave potato with cauliflower already microwaved mixed into it and then a little mm. cheese topping. So, you know, I felt we all felt good because it was healthy and it was good. And they went, oh, wow, that's very creative. Taking the cauliflower, <laughs> cauliflower and using all, it to stuff. All, it. That was years ago. Take care and thank you. Y'all keep going. Bye. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. Bye, appreciate bye, your We appreciate our listeners from Mobile and all other areas. You know, MPB reaches Alabama, Louisiana, Arkansas. Tennessee. So it's not just Mississippi. And we are always happy to hear from any and all of our listeners. In fact, on the phone now, we have Becky calling us from the Queen City Meridian. Hello, Becky. Hello, Malcolm. How are you? Life is good. And you? Uh, I'm, I'm very well. Uh, I wanted to tell Carol and you and anyone, anyone listening that if you haven't tried uh, the turnip green recipe in Timothy's Mississippi Vegan book, which is on page 204, it's amazing. And oh. you can make it with turnip green, any kind of greens, kale, collard greens, turnip greens, anything. It's really, really good. And when it says uh, don't add salt and pepper until the end after you've tasted it, I don't even have to add salt and pepper. I, it's it's just really good. It's got maple syrup in it and tamari sauce, oh. and it's excellent. So thank you, thank you so much. I'm looking at it at it now, and mm -hmm. the, of course, I wish everybody could see the picture of the grapes yeah. in the pot. But it, it's it's beautiful. It has a little rice vinegar, maple syrup, tamari, and a splash of liquid smoke mm -hmm. so it, it and, sounds delicious and you know really this does. is the thing i like to talk about when when we talk about greens i love turnip greens i love collards i love mustards but the thing i love 
is this concept that my brother used to talk a lot about, and that's mixed greens. You know, yeah. mixing the greens all together uh, and, and cooking them together and letting all those flavors and all those textures just come together. It's just a beautiful thing. Yeah. I'm, Not that I'm I don't like them separately that. either. I do. Yeah. I'm with you on that, Malcolm. I, li- I like mixed greens together. It's wonderful. Well, Becky, thanks a million for listening and for calling in and talking to us a little bit more uh, about Timothy's book. Maybe we can share the turnip green uh, recipe with other listeners. Certainly, if you go out and buy the book, Mississippi Vegan, you can not only have the turnip green recipe, but you can have all of Timothy's recipes and fantastic photography that graces this volume entitled Mississippi Vegan. All right, we got another call. Go ahead, Carol. Let me just uh, mention one thing. I think I'll text uh, Timmy today. I'm, I'm sure that he wouldn't mind if we posted that recipe. So uh, I'll get with Java and post the turnip green recipe online. Great. We have an actual vegan on the phone now. Jan is calling in from Madison. We do appreciate that. Jan, how are you? I'm good. How about y'all? Y'all are good. <laughs> um, I just wanted to call in and, and say I, I decided to become vegan for a couple of reasons. One was health-wise. I was overweight uh, and was not happy with my appearance. And then um, I got to read. I read two books that really changed my my eating habits. One was called Eating Animals, and the other one is called The China Study. The China study is a, is a magnificent study of, of, a, of a plant-based, uh, longitudinal study of plant-based society, which shows the uh, health benefits of going plant-based. And then eating animals has to do with the ethicalness of eating an animal. So between the two of those and then being diagnosed with breast cancer, I made the decision to um, just cut out all animal products and become a vegan. And it's been a great journey ever since. I've learned to cook differently. I've learned to live differently. Uh, That doesn't mean I don't enjoy eating. Uh, In fact, one of the things that has really been successful is um, I use use a lot of recipes for plant-based meat, believe it or not. Uh, it, it does include Bible wheat gluten, which if you're gluten sensitive, you're out of luck. But he, the, the chef that I follow does have gluten-free recipes. By the way, I have the Mississippi Vegan book, and it is fabulous. Um, but I haven't looked back. I lost 40 pounds. Uh, my cholesterol went down to you know reasonable levels. Uh, my blood work looks like a 30-year-old, and I'm 74. Um, I sailed through my my, uh, radiation treatment without any difficulty whatsoever. And, I mean, it's just been an amazing lifestyle lifestyle change. Uh, My husband, however, uh, didn't agree with this at first, but uh, when he turned 75, uh, he decided that he would throw in the towel and become vegan as well. (laughs) And he he, too, hasn't looked back. I mean, he said, I wish I had done this when you first started doing it because his health has improved. So um, I know it's not for everybody, but it, it certainly has made a dramatic difference in, in our lives. And um, I make sausages, I make chicken, I make beef, um, and it's, you know, it's certainly not the real thing. But I loved meat, barbecue and ribs and bacon and all that kind of stuff. But I've made something that's reasonably similar, and it tastes good. And it doesn't have all the fat and potential contaminants that that meat does. Right, Jan. 
what you're talking about is absolutely inspirational, and this is a good place to mention Satan, S-E-I-T-A-N, which is a meat substitute uh, made made from soybeans that I'm I'm sure that uh, you use. But there are a there is a wealth of meatless products out now. Uh, two that come to my mind are a company called Beyond Burger oh, that yeah. went public on the New York Stock Exchange and has just exploded. And then mm-hmm. was Beyond Meat and then Impossible Burgers. Right. And they have wonderful sausages. And, you know, if you can't make your own, you, you, can, buy, you can buy these products. You certainly can, and and we have a freezer full of some that that go on sale, and we'll pop them out every once in a while. We really, I really prefer to to make our own, and I use seitan all the time. I have a whole book, a cookbook called Crafting Seitan. It's by a, a magnificent chef out of North Carolina. Um, that uh, is very inspirational, and I finally broke down and bought an instant pot after being terrified of them for a long time. Um, and I use it, and it makes it makes the the, the, um, the plant based meat uh, process so much easier. I've blown my oven up twice. On purpose? No, yeah, no, I, it was certainly not intentional. But the, the, the third time was the charm because it really did force me into the, the instant pot purchase, uh, and I haven't looked back on that either. After I started, you learned how to boil water with it, and then the, the rest of it's been history. So I've been making uh, chicken and sausages and bacon, and uh, I, I just love to make my own. And we love the the uh, the convenience of the of the store bought plant uh, plant based meats, and uh, just have to watch the the fat content. With, with when you make your own, you can control all that. Um, so, and another, the, the person that was on just before talking about all the various seasonings, you can use a combination of seasonings to make things taste just remarkable. Um, and we use, we use kale and kale, all the greens that you can think of broccoli. Uh, it's been, it's been such a blessing to eat like this, not only for the health part of it and the weight loss part of it, but just the challenge of learning a new way of cooking has just been a blast. And it's going on nine years now, so I'm not wow. looking back. Well, Jan, thank you so much for, for listening and, and for calling in and sharing your uh, amazing story. We appreciate it. it. It ties directly into what we were trying to uh, get at this morning. And you mentioned some of the books that you read that sort of begin your journey. I know that this documentary film the carnivore's dilemma is something that a lot of my friends have watched and and sort of taken notice of and maybe altered Mm -hmm. their diet as well yeah but we're going to take a quick break and we do appreciate you listening and calling uh when we come back we're going to talk about the uh, vegan food truck that java knows a little bit about and then we'll wrap up the program this is deep south dining on mpb think radio we'll be right back Hi, I'm Dr. Jimmy Stewart, Professor of Internal Medicine and Pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. On the original Southern Remedy, we answer questions about all aspects of your health and share some of the latest medical information in the news. You can listen to the show on Wednesdays at 11 on MPB Think Radio, or you can subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy on your preferred podcasting app.
Welcome back to Deep South Dining right here on MPB Think Radio. Carol Puckett, Malcolm White, Josh Chapman. We are delighted to have you on board this morning. We appreciate your uh, tuning in to our show. And for those who call, we appreciate that as well. Uh, As we were closing out the last segment, I mentioned the documentary entitled Carnivore's Dilemma. And Carol pointed out that maybe I was talking about Omnivore's Dilemma, which is a book by Michael uh, Pollan which is, these are two different things. Yes, there is that fantastic book, but there's actually this documentary film called Carnivore's Dilemma. So uh, that's what I was talking about. I know, talk about that book a little bit, Carol. Well, it's really one of the most important um, food books of the last few decades. Michael Pollan is a very well-known journalist, writes a lot for the New York Times, And he really talked, you know, from the first about how so much of our diet is corn from, you know, all the corn syrup, everything that that we eat has corn syrup in it. And then he, you know, most of the book is devoted to, um, to the way that we raise livestock and livestock is slaughtered and what it does to the planet. And it's a very important book, and it's really affected uh, food policy and the way the country thinks. And I cannot recommend it enough. It's Omnivore's Dilemma. And then you right. can go watch Car- Carnivore's Dilemma. <laughs> and I'm sure it's a takeoff of the book, but either way. Well, Java, now you have hipped us to uh, something here in the capital city uh, that you've been enjoying, and that is a vegan food truck uh, that goes by the name of Oops all vegan you want to talk to us a little bit about that yeah oops all vegan um is uh i think maybe one of the only uh if the only food truck uh vegan food trucks in mississippi it's uh based here in jackson sometimes he uh even travels to lorman Uh, i know i see posts of him uh, around the alcorn um university campus but yeah this food truck it's the perfect name oops all vegan because like on the menu you see things like philly cheese chicken and waffle uh nachos and chicken wings but everything is vegan i mean i've talked about these boneless uh cauliflower wings so much uh first my wife made them who's eight months into her um vegan vegetarian journey and uh but he um the owner lamarcus robinson um he does some wonderful things with these uh cauliflower uh coated wings and uh, my favorite flavor is sweet heat (laughs) and then uh he has things like nachos with cashew cheese sauce i mean how can you have nachos and it's vegan with, with but you have cashew cheese sauce black beans um and like Carol, you were talking about the impossible crumbles and then one of my new favorites is the philly cheese with chopped bell peppers red onions red peppers vegan mozzarella and then those crumbles which are seasoned to perfection i just had some um what was that saturday had a, a a piece of a philly cheese and some wings on saturday so uh if you ever see oops all vegan around the uh, central mississippi area 
Go where he's going <laughs> and get your right. order. Well, how do we find him? I want to go right now. Well, you can visit his website, oopsallvegan.com, but he's on uh, Instagram. He posts, you know, it's a food truck, so he's always on the move. You can uh, see where he's going to post up on Instagram and uh, and on Facebook, but it's Oops All Vegan. All right. That's great. We'll be trying to run down uh, – LaMarcus, when we can, get him on the show. Uh, also, we have a caller now from Boonville, Mississippi. We have Tommy on the phone. Hello, Tommy. Hey, Malcolm. Uh, just uh, caught some of your comments about turnip greens, and and uh, you're familiar with the International Turnip Green Cook-Off here in Boonville. I know you've served as a judge one year, but just wanted to throw this question out for comments from your listeners we uh, some years when we make our pot that we give away, not the competing pot, we use a Chardonnay. Some years we use a Pinot Grigio. We really can't decide which we prefer best. But uh, would love to hear some comments about maybe a Chablis. Are you, uh, are you talking about cooking it with the wine? Or are you talking about yeah, the yeah. wine as no, a as well, a well, side? Yeah, we drink a good bit of it while we're cooking it, but we pour. <laughs> We pour it in the pot as well, and um, okay. it's uh, it makes it makes them taste really good, really, really good. So, well, that's a fascinating concept: uh, cooking greens in wine. Uh, if any of oh, our yeah. listeners has has a, a thought on that, we love to hear from you. And a shout out for the International Turnip Green Festival in Boonville, Mississippi. Yes. Uh, how many years you've been doing that, Tommy? This coming year will be. 21. 21 years 21 of celebrating years. the humble turnip green in the Northeast Absolutely. Hills. I learned this wine trick from uh, the famous chef from Louisiana. Uh, help me with his name. It, it's left Paul me. Perdome. No, Justin no. Wilson. Justin Emerald Lagasse. He was making a pot of greens and he turned the bottle Long up, falls. pouring it in there and says, why do you think they call it pot liquor? <laughs> well Tommy we appreciate you calling in and uh, we will uh, pass that tip along to our listeners if you want a little something extra going on in your turnip green pot yeah, you can add a little bit of wine you say there are various uh, you talked about the different wines what are the different results well it's just it's kind of a personal taste thing you know uh-huh uh it's 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 a it's a very sometimes you know you get a taste of dry forest floor in there sometimes it's a <laughs> you know a wet forest floor essence of leather uh, spoken you know, like a wine connoisseur that's yeah that's sort of I, I ask you to to remember us when the turnip uh, turnip green festival comes along we need to, yeah. to share that knowledge with everybody. Well, of course we do, yes. Well, and it's in, the, it's in my... the fall of the year, uh, and it's affiliated with the Fall Festival in Boonville, right, Tommy? That's correct. It's the second Saturday in October, I believe. All right. I believe that's when it is. But, Maybe you can get uh, Carol up there call. as a judge. You know, she's <laughs> a celebrity judge. Yeah, you know, in my own mind. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you again, and I look forward to hearing comments on that. All right, thank you. Tommy from Boonville, Mississippi, talking about adding a bit of wine to your turnip green pot in order to create the ultimate pot liquor. Well, Carol, 
We've had a meatless good show. Monday, Malcolm. It is meatless Monday, and we've talked a lot about meatless options. So you're going to go cook uh, from Timothy's book, uh, the bacon, right? A shiitake mushroom bacon. Um, I'm on it. I'm heading to the store right now, but I, I wish I wish I could go find the the Oops all vegan food truck. Well, I think that can happen. Uh, Java has been on his trail and frequents the, the vegan food truck, so I'm sure he can share some uh, uh, some locations with you, and maybe he even has the phone number of, yeah. of the gentleman. Yeah, you can Marcus just find him. You, you have you have, you have to kind of stalk him on uh, on on Facebook. I do know he was, um, I believe, next with the end of this week. He's getting ready to um, take a trip. So all of the fans of the Oops All Vegan, because it's something to see, um, Carolyn Malcolm, when this food trucks pull this food truck pulls up, there are people waiting because they know that you're going to get something healthy, but also. Flavorful. I think that's where the people who are afraid to try vegan, because I see this all the time. People pull up, oh, it's a food truck. Oh, they look at the menu and say, let me get those nachos. What? This nachos don't have any, like, uh, animal cheese or, you know, animal products on it. This is not meat on here. Oh, I'm coming back. I can't believe this is a vegan product. And um, it's, it's just I can't really say too much more about it except for it's just good to eat. You have to stalk them on Facebook and Instagram. That's how you find them. Oops All Vegan. Gotcha. <laughs> so it's just go to oopsallvegan.com or go to Instagram and uh, look for – is it Oops All Vegan on Instagram? Yeah, Oops All Vegan all across, uh, all across social media. <clears throat> all right. That's how you find him, and you can stalk him and figure out where he's going to pull in next, and maybe we'll get him on the show. We'd like to do that. Carol, it's been a fascinating show. Thanks so much. Uh, I guess I'll see you next week. Java, you the same. Appreciate it. All of our callers, all of our listeners, it means so much to us. Deep South Dining is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting's Think Radio. We are funded by generous contributions from listeners like you. Our show is magnificently produced by Java Chapman. For my co-host, Carol Puckett, and myself, Malcolm White, we thank you and we ask you to stay tuned for... Now you're talking with the one and only Marshall Ramsey, followed by Southern Remedy at 11. Please join us next Monday for more Deep South Dining, heard only on MPB Think Radio.